This is episode 52 of the Great Speech Podcast on how to be more creative. Let's go. It's a Great Speech Podcast for the public speakers. We're going way down deep to look at what makes a communicator. We'll look at all different topics from the bottom to the top. So get your mind free of all the distractions and please listen up, listen up, listen up. It's the Great Speech Podcast. 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 (laughs) Thanks, Dad. So welcome back. Welcome back, my great communicators. How are you guys doing? I hope you are well. Uh, Welcome back to the Great Speech Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Kolarilishun Aike. Uh, your communication super skills coach. Uh, my whole mission, as everybody will know from listening to this podcast, is to put forward my ideas, my thoughts, my strategies on how we can all become better communicators. That is my life's mission. So if you are listening to this podcast, uh, that is what I'm trying to achieve. So I hope that you will stick with me on the journey to doing that. Uh, in this episode, it's uh, episode 52 of the series seven, which is where I'm looking at, I would say, some of the issues or obstacles or topics that come up with uh, people who are working on their communication skills that are not specifically communication, but it kind of impacts on their ability to be better at communicating. So I have already covered how to be more authentic. That really is one of the top, if not the top consideration that my clients often have is I want to be more authentic. I want to be seen as more authentic, present myself with authenticity. So how do I achieve that? I've also covered imposter syndrome, which is the one that holds people back you know, where you just don't believe that you deserve to be where you actually are. You think it's by luck uh, or you think you're about to be found out. So those are the previous episodes. And in this episode, we are focusing on how to be more creative. Uh, now, before I go any further, I always start my episodes with a quote. So the quote of this episode is by Donatella Versace, uh, who uh, said, creativity comes from a conflict of ideas. Creativity comes from a conflict of ideas. And as we go forward, you're going to see how that plays into creativity. Because with these episodes, I'm kind of dividing it into three parts. The first is why. Why, in this case, why is creativity important? The second is what, Uh, in this case, what exactly is creativity? What does it mean to be a creative person. Uh, And finally, how, which is probably the stuff you really came for, which is, okay, right, I know why it's important. I know what it is. How can I become a more creative person? So that's what we're going to be focusing on in this episode. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, Do shoot me a review because I will give you a shout out in the next episode whenever I read it. Uh, So I really appreciate when you give the reviews. Uh, And otherwise, just sit back and listen wherever you are, whether it's on your commute, in the car, walking the dog, whatever it is, sit back and listen. I'm going to share with you 
my thoughts on creativity uh, and really how to kind of uh, use creativity so that you can ultimately be a better communicator. Uh, so let's go. So let's start with why. Why is creativity important? Uh, and, you know, there are various reasons, right, if you think about it. But the first thing I want to say is that I'm not talking about creativity as in how to be an artist, you know, how to perform. Uh, that really is actually more about talent, i.e., you know, do you have the skills to be able to draw something well? I'm a terrible drawer. <laughs> Uh, do you, you know, can you sing? Those those are the talents. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ability to uh, use that talent to express thoughts inside you uh, that are new, that are useful, that are kind of different to what others think. So that's the creativity element that I'm talking about. And that's what I want us to focus on. So it's really you know, how did you come up with the idea for the Walkman, the Sony Walkman back in the day I used to have? Uh, or why did Banksy decide to do his art that way? Or how did the post-it note come about, right? So the cre essence of creativity, uh, that's what we're going to be focusing on. And why is that important? Well, quite simply, creativity changes the world. Creativity is how we solve problems. So if you want to be known as a leader, a big part of that is is knowing and understanding how to approach difficulties and challenges and obstacles and problems and how to overcome that. And a big part of your ability to do that is being creative. Creativity is what makes the impossible look possible. It's how you can change a culture or a company uh, or your life circumstances. It's how you can bring people together around new ideas uh, or challenge group think so that we all don't think uh, in exactly the same way. It's really what kind of can create opportunities and new markets. Uh, you know, if you think about um, new markets that have been created by Uber, right? The idea for having your car come to you by an app uh, or Cirque du Soleil, the idea of having the circus as entertainment for adults as opposed to kind of, you know, the, the play things, you know, the, the playful circuses where little children watch the strong man and the, you know, elephant and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's ideas like that that can broaden perspectives, that can inspire and motivate us, uh, that helps us think outside the box, makes us, us flexible, flexible and adaptable, uh, makes us more open-minded, uh, actually builds also, personally, builds your confidence as well. Builds your confidence as well, because if you know or you have the belief uh, that you will always find a way because you, you trust in your creativity, that builds your confidence as a person and certainly as a communicator and definitely as a leader, because you know that you're going to be able to figure things out. It means you can come up with new thoughts and ideas and and strategies and products and services and approaches. It helps you stand out. Uh, and there's also some pretty strong example um, evidence uh, that uh, that researchers have done that actually creatively positively contributes to length of life, which is an interesting one. And I think it's because it to be creative you have have to kind of open or keep your neural pathways connected. 
So it makes the brain fire continually, uh, which obviously helps towards life. Uh, it certainly helps towards reducing stress. So creativity matters is the long and short of it. It matters for the kind of life and world that we want to have if we want something that is interesting and dynamic and, dis and, and intriguing and forward moving as opposed to something that is the same, never changes, stays in one zone and never expands beyond that. That is what we're talking about when we talk about creativity. So that is my why. Now let's talk about the what. I don't know if you can hear a plane flying overhead, but you know me as I always. So I have to. Re I realize I have to remind people more and more because often people haven't heard this. But I do all of my podcast episodes in one take, so I pretty much work through whatever distractions and noises come along, unless it's kind of really destroyed it, then I'll stop. Uh, so sorry if you can hear any background stuff. So we've looked at the why. Why is creativity important? Let's now think about the what. Because one of the things about creativity, and sometimes people think or say to themselves, I'm not really a creative person, and they'll leave the creative aspects of things to other people. But so often people think about creativity as though it's kind of, it's like a bolt of lightning, right? It's, you know, something comes in from outside and strikes me that eureka moment and suddenly I've created something new. And because it's that kind of uh, thinking of creative, that's what creativity is. Therefore, there's nothing I can personally do about it. And if I'm not the kind of person that lightning bolts strike, you know, with new thoughts every once in a while, then there's nothing I can do about that. I'm just not a creative person. That's what people often think of as creativity and how it happens, where it comes from and what it is. But that's wrong. So the simple way to think about creativity is a little bit like chemistry. If you guys did chemistry at school, I did a little bit. I was terrible at it. Um, I feel so bad because my, my son struggles with it now. And I'm trying to be like, I feel you, man. But I have to be, well, you have to put the work in. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so if you think about creativity like chemistry, right? So chemistry, a big part of chemistry that I can remember, was kind of like, how do you create a new compound? Well, you just put two different elements together, combine them, creates a new compound. Think of creativity like that, like a chemistry experiment. It is putting two often unrelated ideas together to combine them to create a new thing, a new idea that goes out into the world. And in particular, an idea that is useful and new, right? That's really what you want to think about. Creativity is combining two different ideas together to create a new idea that is also useful. Because I want you to think about that useful part when you think of creativity. This isn't just being able to come up with random things that have absolutely no value to, in the world. That just means you are kind of daydreaming without any purpose. Especially when you're thinking about being able to communicate effectively. You want to be able to have ideas and use ideas that are new, but also useful, valuable in the world in which uh, you are living. So that's what you're trying to achieve. You're trying to combine different ideas and bring them together. Uh, and that's what the brain does when it is being creative. It makes connections between things 
that may otherwise seem unrelated. Seemed and so the, and so when you think about, for instance, the most creative or innovative companies, uh, you think about Apple, for instance, always a good example. The motto in kind of the I think it was the '90s that Steve Jobs came back and and brought this motto in of think different, right? It was look at things in a different way, because that is what's going to help you think about putting this technology together with this technology to create this new product. Or if you want to think about being creative and it means having different ideas and putting them together, think about music, right? So the talent is of being able to, you know, strum the guitar correctly and all of that. But the creativity in terms of being able to improvise or write a new piece of music is really about putting this chord together with this chord and combining it to create something new. Uh, or these notes together with those notes to create a new melody or that rhythm with this rhythm to create a new melody or combining all of them together. So think of it as a chemistry experiment of how do I take one thing, put it together with another and create something new. Uh, I was, I'm reading currently um, uh, a book basically on uh, the origin of Sony or the story of St Sony in the early days. Sony was a really amazing company, actually, which I, I kind of knew, but I didn't really know the depth of it. Uh, and uh, one of the founders, um, Aikyo Morata, Morita, I think it was, uh, was, uh, the, I think, the chairman or CEO of, of, of uh, Sony. And he had the idea for the Walkman. And everyone in the company said, this is a total waste of time. Nobody is ever going to want to listen. Can you imagine this? Think about this, right? And this takes you back, right? Because before this, it just did not exist as an idea. Nobody is ever going to want to carry around a machine where they put headphones on and listen to music so that they're cut off from the world. That was a thinking. Nobody will ever do this. A marketing department didn't want it. Uh, the rest of the company didn't want it. In fact, I found out, it says in, uh, in the book, that he had a deal where he had to sell something like 30,000 units uh, by the end of the year. And if he didn't, he would have lost his job. He would have been dismissed from the company as the CEO, I think it was, uh, of that. So he was taking a bet. Now, he was taking a bet that if I can combine this audio machine, which they kind of had and been working on, but it was used for having big speakers and things like that. If I can take this audio machine, strip out all the recording elements, strip out all the different bits of it, combine it with headphones and put those together and give that to people in a small enough form, they will walk around and listen to their music. That was the bet he made. So he was putting two different things together and it succeeded, of course, the Walkman. Uh, similarly, uh, Gutenberg, who was kind of the inventor of the writing press, uh, or at least kind of the perfecter of the writing press, uh, reportedly took movable typefaces and the wine press in the area in which he lived, put them together and developed the writing press in 1440s, whatever it was. Again, that's creativity. A uh, Banksy, uh, was doing graffiti, graffiti and realizing that it took him too long to do the graffiti. And so kind of the police had time to catch up with him. So he, he decided that he was going to use stencils uh, with his graffiti because actually it just meant he could do it quicker 
and he realized that actually he was kind of creating a new form of graffiti art and obviously Banksy has gone on to sell things for millions or the post-it note was sticky um, a company developing uh, kind of glue uh, that actually the first batch didn't work that well and then they had the idea because they used to go to church and they used to put the bookmarks in and they always used to fall out and say hey what if we used this uh, non not very sticky glue with these bookmarks that we use in church and put them together hey presto the post-it note so you can see that creativity what it is is basically an experiment it is a chemistry experiment of putting one idea with another idea one concept with another concept sometimes several concepts with other concepts but kind of in its basic form one idea one concept with another concept fusing them together to create something new that is also useful and valuable to the world to other people to yourself that is the essence of creativity and i think it's really important to know and understand that because once you get that that is what creativity is then it allows you to have a more structured approach to being more creative it means you move away from the i have to be struck by a bolt of lightning there's nothing i can do or i'm just not a creative person so i have to leave it to other people who are creative it allows you to move away from that kind of thinking towards saying well actually i can be creative because all it is is having one idea putting it together with another idea fusing them and seeing what the outcome is and so it means that when you're doing your communication let's say you're doing a big presentation it means you don't have to just stand up there and talk with a powerpoint you can use uh, you know, a prop to make your point. Uh, one of my favorite uh, talk, TED Talks is Bill Gates, where he brings a mosquito infected, uh, sorry, a malaria infected mosquito. Actually, he says it wasn't malaria infected, but he brought that. He brought it and opened up the glass and let the mosquito fly in the auditorium and then gave his speech about the importance of tackling malaria. Really innovative way, really creative way of getting the point across to people. Just one idea, a prop, together with another idea, the information I want to impart, creating something new, a great speech that moved people. So that is what creativity is. And I'm hoping that as soon as you've heard that, it's already helping you start to kind of think of ideas or, or think about, you know what, ah, so I actually can be more creative because it's just about having the ideas and putting them together. So let's go on to the how. How can we be more creative? How can we be more creative? So because the key is ideas and putting them together, then really what we've got to do is to approach it in, I'd say, a four kind of step process, right? This is, this is the way I'm going to ask, invite you to look at it. The first is to work out how to give our brain access to more and more ideas. Give our brain access to more and more ideas. So these are the elements, if you think about it, as the chemistry experiment, right? So we just need to have a whole load of ideas available to us. If you're a guitar player, you need to know as many chords as possible because that gives you the opportunity to create better music, uh, richer music. If you are in chemistry, right, you've got the periodic table and you're just trying to discover more and more elements and then combine them together in different forms to see what kind of you know things they create 
what kind of compounds they create. So the first step is giving your brain greater access to more ideas. And I'm going to talk to you about how to approach that. The next then is helping your brain to connect those ideas, right? The process of putting them together. How can you help yourself, help your brain be able to do that better? The third part is, in a way it's related to the second, but I like to give it its distinct part because I think it's so important, is helping yourself be willing and able to take risks with those ideas. Because remember, creativity is about creating something new at the end of the day. So it's not just doing something that's already been done, but creating something that no one has thought of in that context. So it's kind of taking risks and being able to and willing to come out of your comfort zone. And then the fourth is kind of almost a strategy for doing all of these things. So it's for coming out of it with ideas that are worthy. Uh, that's when you get creative, okay? So there were four-part structure. So let's start with kind of part one, which is giving your brain access to the widest variety of ideas. Because let's say you've got, you know, if you think about, I want to think about it this way. If you're creating a PIN number for your bank card, right? And if they said there's only one digit, that me and it's zero to nine, right? So you've basically got 10 possible options, counting zero as one and then one as two, right? So 10 possible options if you want to create a PIN number with one digit, right? If you add two digits, you have 100 possible options. If you have four digits, you have 10,000 possible options. Then you go up to the million and all of that, depending on how many more digits you add. So the more ideas you have at your disposal, the richer your kind of palette of things you can paint and put together to create something new. So the first step is to give your brain access to the variety of your ideas. So you have more ideas to draw on that you can combine with other things to create something new. And so you've really got to be thinking about, okay, I've got to be open in my mind you know, to both my emotions and my logic. I've got to be willing to embrace diversity. So not just look at things in one way, but look at things in different ways and take in other things. So I want to encourage you to read more, to listen to podcasts more like the, like the Great Speech podcast, <laughs> to watch more videos, to have more discussions, to travel, to experience things, to take in new culture and art and languages, and just to get into the habit of having a diversity of experiences without necessarily worrying about, I have to have this experience in order to, to spark this idea, but just have a variety of experiences that will help trigger your ability to create more. Uh, for instance, in my younger days, I used to write music, actually. Uh, and I still remember being in uh, Geneva, visiting my brother and his girlfriend. It was Zurich, actually. And it started to snow. Um, and we were, I think, on a tram or something. Uh, and that sparked an idea for me to write a lyric for a song, which from that one lyric, I expanded it into a whole song and then I eventually went to re record that track and you know put it on a CD and tried to be a songwriter it didn't get any far but hey it was cool but that experience 
of snow whilst we were on the train or tram, I think it was. Had nothing to do with a song, but it sparked my imagination. It was an idea of snow with an uh, idea of something else, putting them together and creating, hey, that's a great idea for a song. All right, putting that to music. So expose yourself to the widest variety of experiences that you have so that you are come out of your comfort zone, so that you are not just experiencing the same thing all the time in a narrow field, because that limits your options and your ability to be creative. So experience greater things. Ideally, think about experiencing one thing that is new or different every day. And that's really simple to achieve. You know, it could be, you know, you're reading the newspaper and you normally skip over the the obituaries, but today you're going to read one obituary, right? Uh, or it could be that you uh, travel by car and today you're going to take, you know, that detour that adds, you know, two minutes to your journey, but it means you see something different. It really doesn't matter. Try and experience one thing that is new or different every single day, which means that by the end of one year, you will have had 365 different experiences. And all of that goes to enrich and broaden your experience of the world that gives you access to new and greater kind of source for ideas. Uh, Steve Jobs uh, famously uh, at university took a calligraphy course, a one-day calligraphy course, uh, just because he saw anything. Oh, that's interesting. And that was it, one day. But that later on, when he was working on the Mac and things like that, sparked the idea of having different type fonts for the um for for the word you know word documents things like that not word whatever mac uses but basically typing right different fonts for 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 writings uh which led to all the different fonts that we kind of know and love and use right because he took a calligraphy course whilst at university one day that is different experiences giving you access to a wider range array of ideas that you can use and tap into. So broaden your experiences, uh, immerse yourself, surround yourself with things that will just kind of almost by osmosis put ideas into your head, even if you're not necessarily gonna use those ideas in that moment. So that's the first step is to give yourself access to wider range of ideas and thoughts because that is the first element of creativity, having more elements to be able to combine to create compounds. If you're thinking about chemistry, having more ideas to combine them together to create a new idea that is new and valuable. Okay, so once you have, you know, the access to a wider range of ideas, uh, and I should have added to that is when I talked about diversity is Get involved and meet new people, especially because the greatest source of great ideas is from different people who think in different ways. So meet people, discuss with them, embrace, you know, meetups, uh, debates, all those kind of things are great ways of building your mind's capacity to have wider range of ideas. So the next step, 
is helping your brain do the work of connecting those ideas, putting those ideas together. And the reason I say this is because it's actually very difficult to stand, you know, uh, looking at a blank sheet of paper or stand on a, you know, a, a, a board on the wall in a meeting and say, right, I need a new idea and just to come up with it. It's very difficult. Our brains don't really work that way. Our brains work by making connections almost basically in our subconscious. So what you've got to do is to facilitate your brain so that it has the opportunity to come up and make those connections. You know, find neural pathways between one idea you learned when you were a seven-year-old um, kid and connect it with uh, a new word you learnt on your journey through the um, a village in Guatemala, right? And put those two things together. That's kind of how what your brain's trying to do, and it best does that in your subconscious. Uh, it also best does that when it has less distraction of what you are kind of coming out with, and by i.e. so. The more you are trying to work on it, the more your brain is working in its conscious basis rather than its subconscious basis. So here are a couple of things that will allow you to um, uh, get your brain to connect ideas in a way that will make you more creative. Number one, and this is my one as well. So this is what I do all the time. Go for a walk. Trust me. So there is research on this. Stanford University did... Um, uh, some research in 2014 where they had people walking outside and even people walking on a treadmill uh, and then they measured their creative responses. I'm not sure how they measured them. I didn't read that deeply into the report. I just kind of read it, uh, the summary. Uh, but essentially the report was that you are far more creative when you walk than when you are just sitting still. Uh, and I think it is that because walking is something that we do basically on autopilot and you kind of go into a zone, uh, especially if you know if you don't have lots of distractions with it, you go into a zone of autopilot, it kind of says to the brain, okay, nothing I need to be particularly conscious of here. So let's do the other work, subconscious. Let's explore our brain and remember that idea that was here and this idea that's over there. What would happen if we put it together? It's kind of how the brain works. So go for a walk. That is actually my number one tip of if you know that you want to be more creative, especially if you've got something that you have to be creative about, a problem to solve, uh, um, a meeting where you've got to think about different ways to bring people together, whatever it is, go for a nice long walk and just let your brain kind of free flow. Uh, and actually you will come up uh, with ideas. So that's number one. Uh, number two uh, is, uh, is it, it's no, it's not related to walking. So just scratch that. <laughs> Basically, it's sleep, but it's purposeful sleep. So sleep is really important anyway, because again, your brain does a lot of its work when you are sleeping. It's actually why you dream, by the way. Uh, but it does a lot of its work when you are sleeping because it kind of has the time to, right? It's like, okay, don't have to worry about what's going on in the world, not having to, you know, have a meeting and discuss this. So I've got time to put all these other thoughts together. So your brain does a lot of work in sleep. But one of the things or techniques that you can actually use is before you go to sleep, uh, I've heard this referred to as the dream machine technique. Um, 
there's a there's a, a 1993 um, Harvard Medical uh, School study, I think, that basically asked students to think of a problem they were trying to solve uh, every night before they went to bed. So you basically, you can even write it on a notepad by your bed and say, right, yeah, you know, I've got this thing I've got to solve. How am I going to achieve this? You don't try and think about the answer, but you put into your mind that that is something you have to figure out. And then you just go to sleep. And I know I've done this because I get so many ideas in my sleep. I actually keep a notepad uh, by my bed usually. Uh, so that I can get up. If I get up with a, you know amazing idea in the night, I literally can scribble it by. But your brain works a lot of things out in your sleep. So it's called the dream machine technique. Put the issue in your mind when you're going to sleep and then just sleep on it. And very often when you wake up or even kind of through the day, you will then get ideas uh, that are creative ideas that will help you address that problem. And kind of to facilitate that, as I say, I keep a, or, or I say, I keep a notepad. I also have my phone and I, I use an, uh, an app called Notion, which, by the way, that's my recommendation of the day uh, is an app. It's also on desktop and all of that called Notion. I don't get I'm not an affiliate with them or anything, so I don't get any money for recommending this, uh, but it's called Notion. It's actually really complicated to learn, if I'm honest. Uh, but once you do it, it's the by far the best I would say database of your thoughts and ideas and notes, basically. It really works very well. Uh, so I do that. So I have my Notion app open all the time. And anytime I think of anything, I'll kind of drop it into a you know a database section of the app. And then I know, yes, I've thought about that thing. Uh, so sleep on it. And related to that is just to put into your mind, put into your mind that I need to look for ideas for this problem. So don't do the looking as itself. Just say, you know what, I really need to solve this. And as you're walking around and doing other things, your brain then starts to work out how to solve that problem. So it's just keeping it in mind. Another thing that I often uh, uh, kind of suggest, if you do have to know, I need to think about something now, (laughs) right? Uh, is to change the location where you are doing the thinking. So if you have to think about uh, one part of the problem, move to a different part of the room or a different room altogether uh, and say, right, okay, this is the room or this is the section of the room in which we're going to think about problem A and then work out how to solve problem A and then move to a different part of the room, okay, or a different room. This is where I'm going to think about problem B. And again, what you're kind of doing is triggering your brain to work things out or help you work things out by saying to you, okay, this is a different phase now, try this. So that's another one in terms of how to help your brain do the work of connecting the ideas, how to help your brain do the work of connecting the ideas. So it's basically giving your brain as much power to its subconscious as possible so that it can fire those neuro pathways and make the connections that is very, very difficult to make if you just think about it yourself, okay? So that is helping your brain to kind of connect ideas subconsciously. Uh, the third step is, I say it's not kind of a step, but it's an, it's, it's an ethos, which is take risks. So you have to be open to new ideas, which means you also have to be open to the fact that some ideas just won't work together. You know, some things 
aren't going to create that new idea that is new and valuable, right? But you have to allow for the process. So don't throw away your bad ideas. Don't judge your bad ideas. In fact, let them flow. Have them, note them down, save them. Don't ever throw them away. Because I tell you, so often you will have thought about something that makes no sense one year. Three years later, you'll be, oh, you know what, actually, that's a good idea. Or that might work with this. So don't throw away any bad ideas at all. The flip side to that is you have to be willing to do what, so this is kind of writing talk, uh, which is what's called kill your babies, which basically means you come up with an idea that you think, oh, that is marvelous. That is the one that is such a great idea. And then you get really wedded to it and almost unable to see whether that idea will really work in the context in which you need it. And you shoot, you force it in. So a lot of writers talk about this, which is they get a great scene and they're like, okay, they're writing and writing and they're forcing that scene into the story, even though it really doesn't quite work. It doesn't make sense because they're so wedded to it, so attached to it. So they talk about, you've got to be willing to kill your babies. I kill the thing that you love the most so that it frees up your, um, it frees up your mind to come up with something new. Uh, and to do that, you have to, trust in the fact that you will be able to come up with a new idea because you know the process it's just about finding one thing putting it together with nothing another to come up with a new idea so be willing to take risks don't judge your ideas don't you know precondition them that oh it has to be an idea in this way be willing to access something that's crazy uh, i love i think it's so important especially if you're in a team listen to the dissenters Listen to those ones that seem to be difficult, to the people that are difficult, that seem to find the problems or the challenges or seem to say, you know, come up with the crazy ideas. You're like, oh, that just makes no sense. Oh, yeah, we'll just ignore you. Listen to those people, because very often it's in those moments that you come up with the best ideas because you're willing to take risks. You're willing to embrace failure to get to the place that really works. Uh, the Model T, you know, Henry Ford, uh, Ford car, the Model T was Model T because they had been from A all the way through to T. Now, so some letters were skipped out, you know, forget that. But the point being, it was iteration and innovation and trying and trying and trying until they came up with the approach, with the idea for a car that worked the best. So that's what you've got to be willing to do. And then the fourth step is really to have a strategy for doing all of this and bringing it together because you know they say i can't remember what the exact quote is but it's, let's say it's creativity <laughs> is one percent inspiration and 99 percent perspiration you have to have a strategy for doing the perspiration part okay you've got to have a strategy for actually putting it together so you've accessed lots of ideas you've let your brain work in it subconsciously your approach is to be willing to take risks with it so that you come up with the best ideas then you have to have something that actually helps you come up with something at the end of the day that you can use something that is new and useful and so to that extent i want you to think about brainstorming 
and mind mapping. So mind mapping is really, you know, you kind of put an idea in a circle, then you draw some legs away from it, put the next idea, draw some more legs until you have a have a what looks almost like a map of different ideas. And then you can look at the ideas that are, you know, a few legs apart and combine them together and say, okay, well, what if we tried this one with that one? Would that help? Right? That's a good strategy for a structure for how to be creative. Mind mapping. There's another method that's properly known as the Disney method. So this was actually employed by uh, Walt Disney and, Di um, and Disney writers for when they were trying to be creative with coming up with their story ideas for, uh, for a new movie or a new cartoon. Uh, and they had a three-part stage, which was the stage called the dreamer, the realist, and the critic. So the dreamer uh, stage is when you just go into free flow just have organic, crazy thoughts. You use your imagination to as, as kind of as push it as far as pos as you possibly can without boundaries of logic, without boundaries of what is actually going to be possible, without boundaries of budget or whatever it is. Just what if we did this, right? What if we did this? Uh, so that's the dreamer approach. Uh, then the realist says, okay, I see all those crazy ideas. Let's take these ones. And let's kind of bring them down to earth a little bit, right? So they're a bit crazy. Don't worry about the edges. Let's bring that. Okay, if we went with this crazy idea, how could we make it work in practice in the real world? So this is where you narrow down ideas. You filter things. You check for how practical it is. You're trying to make it work in the real world. And then the, the third stage is the critic which is the person who shoots it down. So you go through a phase where you try and say, okay, what's wrong with this idea? Why won't it work? What are the obstacles that it will face to actually be useful in the real world? And then figure out how to overcome those obstacles. So those are the three parts. I actually think there should be a fourth part, which I would call the producer, which is you have to have a final product after you've been through the critique stage as well, right? So you have to make decisions once you've critiqued it for, okay, finally, this is what we produce. So I'm adding a fourth stage to the Disney method called the producer, which is the final cut, the final version. When you've gone through that stage of dreaming, then being more realistic, then being a critic, and then finally coming up with, and this is what we're going to do. This is the idea. This is our creative approach to solving this problem, or in this case, writing the story. Uh, and so that is a Disney method. Uh, another method that I really love is called using a premise. So it's it's kind of, you know, what if this had to be true, right? So again, I'll take Apple just because everybody knows it. You're probably listening to this on an iPhone right now, right? So, you know, what if we had to have a device on which you could listen to a thousand songs and it fits in your pocket? Uh, that was literally the approach that Steve Jobs took towards developing the iPhone and forcing his engineers to come up with methods to create a hard drive-based uh, small piece of equipment that will pack in a whole load of songs and be small enough to fit into a pocket. Right, that's in where, so what if we had to do X? How would we do it? So that can spark innovation and creativity uh, because, as they say, uh, creative um, so invention is the... Gosh. necessity is the mother of invention, right? So if you if you took something that seems far too difficult, but say, what if it had to be true? 
then that necessity will spark invention, creativity. I, okay, this is how we'll solve it. So the use of boundaries is actually a really good way of giving you an approach to then be more creative. Say, right, I have to fit in with these boundaries, so I have to find ways in which to achieve it. And then I also like to advise people to set a target, right? So, you know, say to yourself, right, I've got two months and I'm going to come up with a hundred different ways to achieve this. And in those two months, I'm going to let my mind go and it doesn't matter how good or bad ideas are. So these are approaches. These are kind of more disciplined, structured approaches for getting your ideas down to the stage where they are actually workable and usable in the real world. Uh, So that's my four-part approach, right, to the how. First is give your brain access to lots of ideas. Just have loads of experiences. Uh, Next, let your brain connect those ideas. My number one pick is walking, but you can do others. Uh, Take risks with them. Don't, you know, throw out your bad ideas. Just let them collide and see what happens. And finally, have some sort of strategy for where you're going to do the disciplined work of bringing those ideas together so that they create that new thing that you are going to use. That is my uh, four-part structure for how to be more creative now that you understand why you must be more creative and what creativity actually is. Hope that was really helpful, guys. I hope... So I do a lot of research and thinking when I do these podcasts. Actually, just so you know, I, I use these podcasts almost as a way to help me create what I may then go on to uh, train my own clients on. So I do a lot of research, a lot of thinking, a lot of analyzing of how I'm going to approach any of these topics. So you're kind of getting this firsthand. So it's literally my process of I do it first on my podcast and then I grow it from there. So I hope that made sense to you guys. I hope that was helpful. I hope that will spark your own ability to be more creative uh, in your world for whatever that means for you. So thank you for joining me again. Uh, A couple of weeks, there'll be another episode uh, again on a topic related to uh, kind of the issues that will help you be a better communicator, but it's not strict communication skills like how to persuade someone or how to use storytelling because I've kind of done a lot of that. I'm sure we'll come back to that as well. Uh, Okay, I leave you as always with goodbye in a different language. Today is going to be in Farsi or Persian Farsi. And it's Khoda Hafez, Khoda Hafez, I think, Khoda Hafez. Apologies for any Farsi speakers who are screaming at their phones right now. Uh, But really great to see you guys again. And I will see you on the next episode.